Nice. You got a system. I like that. I do. I have a lot of systems. Um, do you have a system quarterback? Oh, we do, but he's a good one. Sometimes. Ugh. <laughs> uh, fine, we'll start. That's an, that's an intro. That's better than we're going to do if I... All right, fine. Let's do it. Uh, at 3K underscore, what's up, Bravo? At Seattle Rams underscore NFL, what's up, man? Hey, we're 2-0. I'm, I'm flying high. 100% win rate. Joey, at Ella Rams, Rams, Rams. What's up, man? Yeah, man. What's going on, jerks? Fucking so high stadium. <laughs> I'll tell you what's so going I. on um, before we get to the football. NFL Sundays screw up your timeline, man, and it's hard. You gotta you gotta run errands at different times. You gotta bend your life around. I'm kind of I'm. It's only week two, and I'm already kind of annoyed that uh, I'm having to adjust stuff for football because football comes first and foremost, which means eating and other requirement physical requirements are uh, not getting the time they deserve. Do you guys try to accomplish? Things like before the game, because, you know, it's, it's a, it was a one thirty game time. Were, were you <laughs> even harboring any sort of like brunch ambitions or anything of that nature? Uh, I got up and my, my, my big breakfast this morning was getting ready for my Europe trip. And so we did a little brochin. We did, did the brochin breakfast because it tends to stick with you. So we got up, did some brochin, and then uh, I watched football all morning because I do – when I know I'm going to spend a day watching football on Sunday, I do all that stuff on a Saturday, which is plays into my, I don't really yeah. watch college football a lot, especially as a UCLA Bruin fan. We'll talk about that later. Uh, I can go do things and get like all the stuff I need to get done. I, so I did the, yesterday I was on my roof. I was cleaning off. I got some moss on there. I got the moss out. I cleaned I trees growing up the top of my roof. So I cut them back for the fall. I did all like grass. What I did all my outdoorsy house dad stuff yesterday so that gives me yeah it's one of those things where you gotta do you gotta do it at the right time like uh we went we had to try to get uh shoes for my daughter and at one point i don't there's like 4 30 was like eh, you know if we don't get it today we can go get it tomorrow it's like no 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 that's not an option that's not that's not that's not one b there is no one b we're getting it today or you're not getting it come on man this ain't new I'm a little more flexible. I try to um, accomplish, you know, some activity with 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 uh, the four year old today. So I told Augie, I was like, "Listen, I'm going to take you to Camp Snoopy. We're going to go Knott's Berry Farm, but we're going to get there right at nine. <laughs> you got to make it happen. Whatever works." Um, I watched the game at a bar in Orange County, right by um, my mom's house, and I was like, "This is going to be great. Going to go in." And I, I walk in, I see these two guys, and matching Aaron Donald jerseys. And I was like, yeah, jersey, bro. well, <laughs> you read my punchline, Joe. Cause I was like, I'm going to sit next to these guys. And I, I started, you know, small talking with them and they just stared at me. Like I was, I was speaking, you know, German to them. And like, even later I was like, Oh yeah. You know, like those like Tyler Higby's out with a chest injury. And they were like, uh, it's, it's really hot out for the game. <laughs> I was like, oh, we're at like weather. That's <laughs> that's where we are as a fan. And and the place was it's interesting when you're at a sports bar, especially in Southern California, when you can hear all the cheers from all the different TVs. So you try to kind of go, okay, who what's what what's the dichotomy here? And then I figured out it was mostly Kansas City Chief fans. And I was sitting next to a sad Raiders mm. fan. And so he would every time you'd hear this, yeah, he'd be like, Ugh. I was like, this is amazing. 
sad Raiders fan. That just kind of right? describes it right there. I do wonder if the guys you were sitting with weren't really Rams fans. Were they androids who had been programmed wrong? So, man, I'm worried. And Aaron Donald back injury. Do you understand politics, human? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> um, it's yeah, it's 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 interesting with bandwagony stuff. Like sure. you know, you go get a a Rams jersey and you get an Aaron Donald jersey, but are you gonna know anything about the guy? Who knows? I don't know. Southern California. Let's get to the game. Uh, so box score: then. the Rams side, Jared Goff, nineteen of twenty-eight again, uh, under thirty passes, two hundred eighty-three passing yards, had the touchdown to Brandon Cook that he needled through a pretty small window, no interceptions. Uh, the Rams got going on the run game in the second half. Todd Gurley got up to sixteen carries, had the touchdown on the toss. Malcolm Brown had six, and then the Rams had a bunch of other runs from other guys. Robert Woods got one, Cooper Cup got one, Brandon Cooks got one, Gerald Britt got one. I don't. We keep doing this thing to the tight ends, and it's not working. But I guess it's keeping guys on their toes. So good for them. Jared. Goff had four rushes, including the sneak that uh, he finished off Cooper Cup's ridiculous reception for Ooh. a touchdown with. Speaking of, Cup, nine targets, five reception, 120 yards. Um, everybody else came in a little bit underneath. Cooks had three for 74. Woods had two for 33. Higgs had two for 21 before his exit. Gerald Everett had three catches for 21. Todd Gurley, three catches for four yards. He wasn't very successful in the receiving game, but they shut some things down on the Saints side. Defensively, uh, no surprise who's at the top of the tackle list again. Corey Littleton um, had two pass deflections, no fumbles, no interceptions, anything like that, but um, absolute beast. Uh, maybe more uh, interesting and uh, more glad to see it was Eric Weddle got through the whole game uh, after that nasty that uh, he took that kind of ripped open his head. Seven tackles today, and that was ahead of Nikel Roby Coleman, John Johnson, Taylor Rapp. Secondary continues to show up. They all had six tackles. Um, overall, though, I think uh, you're talking about a pretty weird game, right? Early on, neither offense was clicking. Drew Brees hurts his thumb. Aaron Donald misses some time. Uh, you're going through more and more injuries throughout the game. You had a ton of penalties. The Saints had a 11, we had eight. They had the missed call with the Jared Goff fumble that they ruled a incomplete pass that they would have taken back for a touchdown. They were actually, it was a fumble, but uh, come uh, bring that ball all the way back and start over here. It was a funky first half, and really the tail of the game was the weirdness ultimately turning into the Rams, seeing some things out and getting their adjustments on offense and scoring three touchdowns and three possessions in a row. Joey, um, let's go to you first. Uh, start off with Jared Goff. What you, would you think about his performance? Obviously not a great game uh, from him overall, and certainly not a great game through the first five, six, seven possessions, but he turned it on in the end and getting the win and to, showed us a couple uh, throws, the deep cooks, the the tight window throw to cooks, and a couple plays where he had to improvise. We're not there yet with Jared, but it's looking better. Yeah, it is looking better, and I felt like the bomb to cooks at the beginning of the game was a sort of um, – a, a preview of his potential of like, look, I can do this. And you're like, oh, great. And then it's a bunch of drives going, but I can also do this. <laughs> it's a, it's a, it's a bad Tinder date. Oh, mm -hmm. I can act like this in public. Oh, that's great. But I can act like this. Exactly. I like to go hiking and swipe. Down. I'll, I'll, I'll meet all your friends, but I'll also have these weird takes on politics. <laughs> but back to Goff, I felt like he was, um, he was he was fine. I mean, I, I I he had that one touchdown pass to to Woods that was called back. That I think that was a no yep. boom penalty. Yeah, but the you know that screen pass that I, I know a lot of film t uh, Rams Twitter didn't really like because they thought they just sh you, you know McVeigh should have called a bunch of running plays instead of he called a a screen pass. And uh, I thought that was I thought I, I thought that was a good you know 
a good idea because it was different. And if it would have worked out, I think Woods kind of got knocked down and he didn't get the right block that he needed. But as far as what what Goff was doing, I mean, that, that touchdown pass to Cooks was fantastic. What was that? What's the word for that? It's not a rocket. It's not a needle. What is, is a missile? When, that's a, it's such a laser. Weird, a laser? It's lasery. It's laser-like. It was, a, it was like a short-term laser. And then he had just the heads-up play of just sneaking into the end zone, just getting it done. And when they're lining up for that play, I was thinking to myself, I wish he would just sneak in and just cut the charade and stop trying to do all that stuff. <laughs> We're having all these red zone issues. And I was just like, can just Goff just get the ball in the end zone? And it happened. And it's a, it was a quiet 27 points. And I think because we're conditioned we're watching all these other games and we're seeing Patrick Mahomes score four to- you know throw for four touchdowns and if you look at Goff's numbers yeah he only threw one touchdown and but his his rating was you know 112.7 283 yards is pretty solid averaging 10.1 yards per throw um it's Nothing you're going to hang your hat on. It's nothing that you're going to use to to start some campaign that Goff should be the MVP or anything like that noise. But um, I felt like they scored. They put points on the on the board. And we'll talk about it a little later. But I was just really happy with the way the defense played. I felt like they owned this game. They're fantastic. They really were. They, along with the Breeze injury, the defense was fantastic throughout, especially the secondary. But Robbo, before we get to the defense... Uh, there was one jaw. Maybe the throw to Cooks was a jaw dropper too. But if there was one jaw dropping play, uh, it was your boy. We have never seen Cooper Cup go super cyan before. And j- what was the? I've, he, he there were juice. There were shake guys being shaken off. Somehow he he summoned. It's it's almost in the movies where the like in the football movies where the fat guy finally has all the anger that he's built up through high school. They've been making fun of him, and no, he finally puts it all together on one run, like the old water boy just going through people like they're nothing. I felt like I was watching him back in Cheney, uh, just tearing through Weber State. Uh, you know, running past guys, running over guys, shucking guys off like a hand to the face. Getting, you know, uh, that, yeah. But, you know, as awesome as that was and as great as it is, it doesn't happen without his – and he even sets up for the game, his two compadres. First, Brandon Cooks, one of the smallest guys on the field, just comes out and lays a yeah. wallop of a block. Yeah. Brings him again, you know, the juke, the move, and then Robert Woods finishing it off. Uh, running their, You know, it's that's how selfless these guys are. They, they, they play for each other. But Coop, showing up big, gets a game ball today, 120 yards, 66 on that one. Um, and I thought even more impressive was a catch caught, I don't know, maybe a few minutes before that, drive before that. Uh, he's kind of sat down in the zone and, and Goff threw it behind him. And he had to hands. adjust and come back with all hands, no body, no nothing. It was reminiscent of a play he made down on the goal line. It was first or second game of his rookie year. Uh, just showing that, you know, he's – everyone loves to watch him. Well, precise route runner. Uh, his, his, quisp, his quick space ability, as McVay likes to talk about, whatever. Uh, but the kid's got hands. He's just deceptive in his in his movement and his speed. He looks fresh. He looks good. Uh, it's all systems go for Cooper Cup right now, and they are a better team with Cooper Cup active. Just they're they're just dangerous. And so you're gonna stop Cup. All right, we'll hit hit you with Woods and Cook. You're gonna stop Cook and Cup. All right, Woody's gonna come in. I mean, this they're just forget the four headed monster. I'm sorry, Josh Reynolds. 
it's a three-headed monster, and that's they only need the three heads. Those guys are good, good, good. It's it's just I, I would like to see a wide receiver crew that can compete with those guys. I guess with AB and, and Gordon and 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 uh, Welker, that, that Evil Empire is pretty good as well. But they're they're damn good, and they complement each other so well. I do like that you called them the Evil Empire. Very good. Um, yeah, it was a wacky game, but we settled in. Uh, got some things done on offense I think we can like. Offensive line, not their best game. Uh, for people who haven't checked it out, check out Joey's report card. Offensive line came. I think that was the lowest grade you gave, wasn't it? Was it the offensive line? Yes. Was it just yes. Jamel Demby and Rob Evanstein? Rob had a well, you know, rough game. There's some penalties, too. Penalties. You know, I, I felt like sometimes Ole when w you got to give out the report card. Didn't, did Ole, uh, Ole W have his name called today, too, in a bad way? I thought he, I remember he did. I think he might have. I know that uh, No Boom had one. Yeah, Havenstein had one as he well. Did. I think he had more than. But yeah, 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 yeah he had a couple. Was struggling. This was this was one of his worst games as a pro. Brian Allen had. I think they had like a full house. Brian Allen had one. Remember, he was uh, downfield. Yeah, he was. Well, he just got out in front of it. He got to the second line too fast. But I think this is one of those things where we played the Panthers week one, Saints week two. These are good teams with really good defenses and great front sevens. And you know, for Havenstein to have a rough day going up against Cam Jordan, that's. There's a lot of guys that struggle with that kind of assignment. He's a great edge rusher. And so, you know, not the best game, but not a lot of reason to get too worried about it because, you know, they're going to get much lesser front sevens to work with than this. And they dealt with it and still got through it and still got the dub and still put up some points. But you were going to say something, Joey, about the offensive. Yeah, I just – they get they gave him a pocket, and they, they sure. made some holes when they had to. I think they were a little bit more inconsistent. I don't think they were a train wreck the entire time. I felt like a lot of people get a little hyper, you know hyperbolic when they talk about um, Demby. They kind of you know make it sound like this guy's trash, and you know, he doesn't belong He's in turning into the Detroit Hill, isn't he? Where, where people are just – they are ready to just mm-hmm. shit all over Jameel Denby as soon as he's in the game. Right, right. Uh, I'm one of them. I look at you. I admit yeah. I'm one of them. Yeah, yeah. And you're not alone. And it, and it kind of feels like the for on the Saints side, Cameron Jordan is just a beast. I mean is that guy. Any? That guy. Yeah, he was working Rod Havenstein because he is. I mean, he's he's one of the best defensive ends in in the game right now. And sure. and I think the Saints have a good defense. They have a good offense, but I felt like the Rams really. I think put it to them with with their defense. And one thing I wanted to talk about real quick, I was I was listening to um, ESPN Radio on the way home tonight, and they were talking about the injury to uh, Drew's hand, which looks like it's going to uh, Drew Brees' hand, and looks like it's going to be pretty serious. He's going to go yeah. see a hand specialist in LA, so he's going to stay in town for a little bit and uh, you know keep him out. They don't know how long it's going, to, but he couldn't grip the ball. You know they they had that one uh, camera angle where he picked up the ball and he just immediately just dropped out of his hand. He's just like, okay, I'm out. But they even said, and I think this is just, you know, the talking heads on ESPN. This guy I wasn't familiar with, but he was like, oh yeah, you know, he hit his hand on, on Donald's helmet. And I was like, no, he hit it on his hand. And I think if you're just not watching the game, that doesn't sound right. Like the fact that just the strength of Donald's hand coming at you and just those two hands colliding, because that's what it was, right? That's all. Mm-hmm. Okay. It wasn't a helmet. It wasn't. Do you think like uh, maybe it wasn't even hitting his hand? Do you think like if if you grazed Aaron Donald's hand, do you think you just break three fingers instantly? It's what happens when a mortal slaps hand with a god. <laughs> Aaron Donald's kind of like the thing from Fantastic Four. He's just made of rocks. <laughs> when you're like, oh, hey, That's Aaron, so nice good. to meet you. And you shake his hand. Oh, fuck, my leg's broken. Ah. <laughs> 
I wouldn't want to shake that guy's hand, man. <laughs> like, definitely pop a couple blood vessels, tear some ligaments. I would just have like a little gimpy hand for the rest of my life. So, like, what happened to you, Donald? Donald. Uh, I got Donald. I Me and Breeze. Donald. I broke all my bones. <laughs> <laughs> Bag of bones. So, first six possessions, uh, field goals, punts, turnovers. Next three touchdowns. So, clearly, there's, there's a silver lining. And I, you don't need silver linings in a win, but there is a silver lining here that clearly McVeigh and Goff got into a zone where they made some adjustments and found more, some more comfort. Although, I think you have to note that the running game got going uh in, in much more significant degree than it had been once we got to that point. I think the the big concern maybe is uh what we're talking about with the red zone offense and whether it's play calling or just efficiency. It was pretty sloppy. We had some good uh, field position a couple of times and didn't get a lot of it early on and that nearly burned us if the refs hadn't missed that call in the second quarter with the fumble and if the Saints had found a little bit more consistency on offense, they could have done a little bit more, but uh, overall, like you talked about, Joey, it was the defense that kept us in this. Secondary was fantastic. I know, I, I know it's one of these things where you don't notice these guys, but that's kind of the point of how good they're doing. Akeem Talib and Marcus Peters, they haven't come up yet at all outside outside of the Marcus Peters penalty in week one. But in terms of their play and Marcus Peters ripping a helmet off a player. Today. But, you know, but in, ter- in terms the of end. the job they're doing as cornerbacks, <laughs> they're, oh, yeah. they're not getting. Yeah. And exploited. There's nothing there. How many times, and we can talk about the edge too, because it's a balance, right? Not getting pressure. Teddy Bridgewater having time to throw and looking downfield. There's just nobody. And here comes Michael Brockers on a coverage sack after five seconds because there's nowhere to throw to. Secondary is playing great. John Johnson the third had a great game. I mean, he 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 was he was he was all over those guys. And I was really worried that Jared Cook was going to have a big game. He was horrible. well, he had a big game. <laughs> he reminded Rams fans how good he is. Sure. Right? It was right? a flashback, right? I mean, oh. you know, it's like you still had Michael Thomas put up some numbers, but it was 10 catches for less than 100 yards. It was like 80 I was going to say, you'll take, like, no, no, no. I'll take that every day. 36. Yeah. Uh, oh, he had 80. You're, ten, you're right, 10 for 89. At one point, wasn't he something like 36 I was going to say, they all came late. They all came in those like those last two possessions. The the Rams did a phenomenal job with Alvin Kamara and Michael Thomas all day. Uh, and yeah, yeah Kamara had, had forty five yards. Yeah, crazy. Thomas had a couple at the end to, to make the numbers look better, but that was garbage time where the Rams were way up. And you know, look at the scoreboard; it didn't result to anything. So, yeah, I mean, it was an impressive game overall for the defense. I, th- I think the concern you might have, and it's one of these things where when you when you limit them to nine points. And go back to what we talked about with trading for a linebacker last year and Dante Fowler and maybe not needing to is, can you continue to win without dominant games from the edge? The Rams didn't get a ton of pressure today. And the pressure, the, the, the two sacks that they got was Michael Brockers on that coverage sack and Clay Matthews being gifted a tight end to try to block him, which he, uh, for a guy of his experience, dealt with pretty adroitly and was able to get his second sack of the season. But Dante whoa, whoa, whoa. Fowler. Did you just ask, can they continue to win with no pressure from the edge? Didn't they go to the Super Bowl with no pressure from the edge? They're answering the question, right? Yeah, you're right. No doubt. They're they're, they're winning without it. And so it's one of those things. That was my biggest concern going into the season was we're not 
dude, we're, we don't look set up to get a ton of pressure off the edge. But last year it was Samson Abukam and Matt Longacre, and we started eight and zero, uh, and they're finding ways to win, and they're 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 putting in dominant defensive performances. It's one of those things where you know we've been conditioned over the last twenty years, uh, twenty five years, pretty much since Lawrence Taylor to accept the ten, the central tenet of football strategy that edge pressure is, you know, incredibly valuable to clamping down on defense. And we're getting a lot of performances from the Rams that suggest that's not the yeah, case. Yeah, because we have the best defensive player or the best player in the league, and he's not coming from the edge. And so it's it's changing up your expectation of, of how an elite defense should be. And I'm not saying that Rams have an elite defense, but their best player is right. coming from the inside. You know, they made the conscious decision not to invest in outside linebackers and a lot of us have been kind of thinking that that's kind of a foolish proposition because it's kind of like in basketball when you have you know someone like lebron james you load it up with a bunch of shooters and the comp the compliment that all these defenders are going to go at lebron he kind of kick it out to somebody to shoot a three with with with, with this you, you kind of felt like they should be investing in outside linebackers but they're not doing it so you have guys like morgan fox who almost got the sack as well like when Clay Matthews got that sack, it wasn't like it was he was a lone dog. I mean, Morgan Fox was right there. And so these guys are they're penetrating, but they're they're not doing it to a degree that is amazing. I just want to note that was uh, Joey who was bringing Lakers talk into Tertio Radio. <laughs> Lakers are now taking over Rams mm-hmm. podcast. There you go, Rams fans. Blame Joey. You mentioned this, you mentioned the secondary, but when you play as well as they did, I'm looking right at the stats. They had seven passes defensed. I mean, it's not like one guy. It's across the board. Peters was all. Uh, Rap had one. Johnson. Nicole, Roby Coleman had a really Dude, great game. How, how, how did he not? Taylor, 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 he, he's kind of good. I mean, is he, he's he's the the typical Taylor. I mean, he had a, a catch on him by, I think it was Cooks, where the ball is perfectly placed just out. I mean, he, he timed it well. He jumped in front, tried to swat it down. The ball was just perfectly placed, and they completed it for like six or seven yards. It came back later in the game. Same thing on the out breaking route. He waits, jumps in front, swats it down. I mean, he's he's a fearless tackler. I mean, this guy, he's going to be so much fun to watch over the next couple of years. I guarantee he's going to be the defensive version of the Cooper Cup. He's Cooper Cup's yeah. offensive like fan favorite. Everyone loves him. He's getting that groundswell of guys who just you just have to like watching because you love to watch the way he plays. He just – He's fun to watch and he's two games in. We talked about the idea of red zone being something to take away and we'll see what we get from the secondary moving into week three when we get the Browns Sunday night football, but uh, maybe up front, uh, obviously up front because we're going to deal with it Wednesday, Thursday, Friday is the injuries. Aaron Donald uh, missed some time with the back. Uh, Higby had to, lo- had to leave the game with a chest injury. Austin Blythe, um, that left knee and ankle, both went the wrong direction for knees and ankles. Um, we'll see what it looks like. But uh, of those three, which one turns you the most? There's an obvious pick there in Aaron Donald, but I wonder if since he was able to get back in the game, what you guys feel about things on the injury front? Well, I don't Enjoy. have any information beyond what you just said, so it's kind of hard sure. because the Donald thing, I just they showed the clip of him walking or jogging into the locker room. So the fact that it comes back, it's kind of like you said. That maybe that it's not a, a serious thing. I I don't know. I mean, Higby's did, didn't return, so I, I'm curious to to find out some information tomorrow on what's going on with with his chest injury. Um, the fact that Blythe needed a golf cart to get off the field was a little bit troubling, but the fact that it's an ankle and it's not a knee is a little bit 
of a promising angle because if you really think about it, I mean, I understand that Donald is significantly important. So let's just take him out of the equation for a second and just compare losing Higby or losing Blythe. I think we can all get, all can agree, all can agree that the depth of the offensive line is is pretty key because Gerald Everett coming in or even activating good old Johnny Munt is fine. Is it's not like Higby is doing anything beyond just rubbing the shoulders of young Jared Goff. I like the idea of good old Johnny Munt, like he's a 1950s at the Brown Derby. Johnny Munt yeah. coming in, and, tight split end. <laughs> and, and, and like his girlfriend is like, hey, Johnny, you going to play football today? Well, I'm going to do my best, buddy. Waving a handkerchief at him. Be well, Jonathan. <laughs> we'll see you on the other side. I'm going to have my bottle of milk and I'm going to do what the Lord told me to do. Play football. Why, if it's up to me, it'll be as General Dwight D. Eisenhower said, <laughs> football is America. <laughs> oh, I love it. It's, I can see the black and white yeah. film now. It's just <laughs> scratching me. Like, <laughs> Johnny yeah, Munf of the Los Angeles Rams. line <laughs> <Dateline> Inglewood. <laughs> we check in with Jonathan McVeigh. <laughs> if you look at apple pie, you look at Johnny Munf. It's like the same thing. <laughs> I think my point in all of this... Uh, this this nonsense was that Austin Black. Nonsense! Is, How dare you? How dare you? Uh, no, <laughs> Johnny Montgomery, uh, <laughs> but Austin Blythe, there is an American hero that is now a um, a, a Purple Heart from the from the game, yeah, and yeah. man, if if he's out for the next couple weeks or God forbid the season, what is our answer besides uh, Jamil Dempy? Oh, I don't know that there is one. I think that's the. I, I know everybody's worried about Robo. Let, let's go there. You're you're one of the. What's the right word? The um uh, the dimb oh. the Demby Nimbies. Not in my backyard. Um, what what's the, what's the concern? I know he didn't play well in the preseason, but uh, there are a lot of guys that either didn't play or didn't play well. What's the what's the worry about Jamil? Uh, you know what he, I think he's going to be okay in the right. I mean, I'm, I'm most concerned in the passing game because that's. Jared, Jared Goff doesn't like pressure on his face. No quarterback does, but it seems right. that it seems to affect Jared a lot. And uh, you know, as a right guard, that's exactly where you're going. I mean, he was in the play, he was in the game for how long before before the strip sat? All right. And while it was Cam Jordan who picked it up, the pressure the pressure came from right up the middle. And if you go back and watch the play, Jamil Demby actually turns to his left. And is standing there watching Jared Goff get murdered, and he Goff's hand comes forward and he flinches. Please go back, people. Watch this play and watch Demi watch his quarterback get killed, and then flinch and duck his head. That's all I have to say about. It. He's wearing a fucking helmet and he's ducking his. He's flinching and ducking his head because like he's the football is going to hit him. Maybe it's because you don't want the illegal touching penalty or whatever. It just it just sums it up. It's it's really not pretty. It's like a turnstile. Now I think. They recognized that fact, and they made some adjustments because it was better in the second half. But was it better in the second half because they got that run game going, which took some of the pressure of the pass rush off of them? Perhaps. They got that outside zone going, and he was part of it. So that's you know they made adjustments. They saw it, and they went to that outside zone, and that they really started churning and taking over the game. From that point, the pressure wasn't as bad up the front because my thought is because the actually rush was actually working. They were able to run against what they were doing, and then they had to kind of dial things back a bit. 
Uh, it's the biggest spot that we're all going to worry about. And what does that mean? That means the depth has moved up one more spot, which makes you even weaker. So don't want to say it. Someone else goes down. Joe Noteboom, Demby himself, Brent Allen. Who is the next guy to come in? Bobby Evans? Oh, we don't. We do not need to see that. Um, I guess the the cat they just uh, they just signed off of the uh, off the street the other day. Coleman uh, Sheldon. Yeah, the husky. Um, it's it's just not going to be pretty. We talked about the Achilles heel being the the health of the offensive line before the season. It's coming to play early. Um, they've been the healthiest healthiest team in the league for three years running. It's hitting them now, and this is a spot where it is really going to hurt. Like you said, Aaron Donald is probably the biggest loss across the board, but he was able to come back and play. I think the one we're going to feel the most right now, God forbid me saying if we miss Aaron Donald, it's not going to be good, but we have other D tackles who I trust, maybe not on Aaron Donald's level, but I do not trust Jamel Demby as far as I can throw him, and I probably can't throw him very far. Injuries are the great equalizer. Do you guys know whose fault it was that Austin Blythe got injured? Jamil Dumbies? No. It was the Rams digital staff. In the Rams team website, unofficial depth chart, they have a backup left tackle listed for Andrew Whitworth, David Edwards. Mm-hmm. They have a backup left guard for Joe Noteboom. It's Jamil Demby. At center, with Brian Allen started, Coleman Shelton is listed at the backup. And a right tackle, Rob Havenstein starting with Bobby Evans listed behind him. Who is listed as the backup for Austin Blythe? Aaron Neary? No one. No one. No one. The Rams digital staff put a ghost behind Austin Blythe, and today that ghost was murdered. (laughs) I blame you, digital staff. On to week three. Well, that's not true. We're recording this before the Monday night football game between the Cleveland Browns and the Jets of obvious import for Rams fans, since it's the Browns that the Rams are taking on in week three. We'll have to see how it goes and what that might mean for the Rams going into the week. The, the, the Browns are going to be pumped either way. Um, if they win this game, obviously, they're going to be back uh, feeding into the idea that this is a big year for the Browns to be able to make good in some of the off-season hype. And uh, if they don't, they're going to be even more desperate to get a win in that environment with back-to-back uh, primetime games and nationwide broadcasts. But uh We'll see. It's going to be interesting. Week three starts off with the Titans and the Jaguars 0-2 on Thursday Night Football. Here's one I'll throw at you guys. We got without uh, the Browns and the Jets, here's what we've got in terms of our 2-0 and 0-2 teams. 2-0 teams, the Bills, the Patriots, the Ravens, the Chiefs, the Cowboys, the Packers, the Rams, Niners, and Seahawks. Look at that. Three teams from the NFC West undefeated. Uh, Only team with a loss is Arizona, who's 0-1-1. Who's the worst of those teams? The Niners. They beat Arizona. They beat Arizona and Cincinnati. Not like they. they yeah. Good teams. That was a very uh, I, I yeah. Yeah. Kind of yeah. That he put Johnny Munt. That he would just slap on it. Don't bring that yeah to me, young. <laughs> when I was in the Viet Cong, we wouldn't have those type of yes. You provide me a yes, I get out of my path. <laughs> you don't say yeah. You say you say America. Um, the Bills. <laughs> Could be possibly, you know, the worst two and O team as well. Mm-hmm. I don't trust Josh Allen. I don't trust their running game. I, I feel like I was a little bit shocked that they were um, undefeated. You know, yeah. it, but when you talk about the the best of the two and O's, I mean, the Patriots kind of have that 
um, Ivan Drago Rocky IV vibe going on for the kids out there. But um, it's fun. if you take away the Packers, I um, and you take away the Rams because. <laughs> I'm intrigued by the Ravens, man. I, I, I'm kind of um, buying on the, the the fact that the Ravens could um, could could go deep in the uh, AFC playoffs yeah, and get destroyed you. by the pit. Get destroyed by the Patriots. They sure could, and I think everybody will, except for us. Um, the one thing that's interesting about the Bills they got they had the Jets and the Giants to start their season. They had a what do we call this? Mm-hmm. Buffalo going to New York City twice. That's like the the upstate. <laughs> what we need some kind of a term for this for Buffalo going to New York City twice to start the season. It's oh no, we got a big road trip, boys. We leave it. We yeah. got to go to Schenectady and then through Rochester. All the way down to the city, <laughs> but isn't it like a longer trip they, in Philly? They should like, equalize it out, right? <laughs> I don't know. They, sh- they should equalize it out. Like the sure. West Coast teams have a lot of flight because they, you know, they travel across the country, whereas the East Coast teams don't. So, for every long flight, the West Coast teams have to take. The East Coast teams should have to do a bus. All right, we're gonna make you. You you need five hours of road trip time. You can't just take the forty minute flight. So let's get you the bus, the Greyhound. Put your stuff on board. Let's go. Um, so they start off with the Jets and the Giants. Week three, they got the Bengals. Certainly, they could win that at home. Week four, the Patriots. It's in Buffalo, but okay, let's just assume a loss. So they're three and one. They go to the Titans. If they win that game, they got the Dolphins the next week. The Bills could start five and one and not be any good. I love it. Wah, wah, wah. Great pick, Joey. Um, Owen, two teams. The Miami Dolphins, obviously. Do we feel bad for the Dolphins yet? No. No. Yeah, they suck. No. Let them dig it even. They have they have that whole drinking champagne celebration every year. I don't feel bad for them. What's the opposite of that? What are they doing? Are they just eating mud? Take oh, have another yeah. spoonful of dirt. Oh and three. Oh and four. Um Dolphins 0 oh and two. Steelers 0 oh and two. Um obviously. Not on the right side of things today up there in Seattle. Or I guess in Pittsburgh. Whatever. Um, Dolphins, Steelers, Bengals, Jaguars. Little dust up on the sideline with Jalen Ramsey. Broncos, Washington, and the Panthers. Who's the best team of the 0-2? I do love Gardner Minshew. He's the best story of the season. I want to say the Jaguars just because Gardner Minshew. He's fun. He's fun. Oh my god, are you kidding? It's It's the most... It's the most entertaining, fun, like other team to kind of pay attention to right now, just because of him. Sure, there's Jalen and his dust ups, whatever. Uh, you know, there was there was a little fisticuff and tantrum on the sideline, but Gardner Minshew comes off the plane looking like he's strip, he's like rocking right out of Boogie Nights, and then he leads him down for a dramatic tying touchdown until his coach is. How, how much do you think Johnny Munt hates seeing pictures of Gardner Minshew? <laughs> But gee, mom, I want my apple pie. And then there's Gardner coming along. Yeah, I mean, one of those things, like yin and yang, two, two <laughs> totally separate dudes. I don't know what's going on over there, but it doesn't fly right. I'll fly straight, and I won't have it. <laughs> That's it. That's totally it. <laughs> you d- d- dot your eyes and your, and your peas, and you, you, you get in the church, and you pray to God like a good old American. You're telling me that the quarterback, I demand a refund of at least sixty-five cents. If if Johnny Munt is is uh, oh god, it's a wonderful life actor. Uh, 
Jimmy Stewart. Jimmy Stewart, thank you. If, if, if Johnny Munch is Jimmy Stewart, who is Gardner Minshew? Uh, like, Burt Reynolds. Or is like, uh, he's, Reynolds? He's, he's like Luke Wilson. Yeah, somewhere in there. Would he, I love that his dad named him Gardner the Second, but his name wasn't Gardner. That he is he is a second. He's a, he's a junior with no senior. This is brilliant. I don't know this story. <laughs> he's uh, he's making the most out of his moment. You got you got to love watching this story and watching him play. I do. He's better. And I, I get it. The way it went doesn't feel good about it right now. But it was at the beginning of the week. The Panthers are just really weird right now. They're, they're, they're a very good team on paper. And I get it. That doesn't matter when it comes to performances. Um, but, man, if they got to get it together quickly. Um, they got the, they go to Arizona in week three. Then they go to Houston to face the Texans. And they got the Jaguars. Then they got the Buccaneers, 49ers, Titans, Packers. It's not going to be very easy for them. But there's a lot of talent going to it home. home, man. And I get the Rams lost. That's nothing to be worried about. But losing to the Buccaneers and only putting up 14, it, it's not going away. The questions about Cam Newton and his health aren't going away, and they brought that on themselves. I, I just wonder if maybe maybe it's set up to kind of be the opposite of last season where, you know, they, they started out all hot and the injuries kind of – capsized their season if he's sincerely not dealing with a physical issue maybe this is something that ron rivera can fix somewhat soon and maybe get a couple surprising wins and get them uh on the right road quicker and sooner rather than later let's let's hope oh wait i don't care <laughs> um here's a question for you guys any league-wide trends that we've seen there, there's two that I've, I've noticed that are getting more interesting which is number one kick returns do we do those anymore is anybody going to actually do no. kick returns? Does, they don't want you are to. Are we just done? Did we did we decide already? Because it seems like we've just decided that that's done now. Uh, that's number one. Number two is going for it on fourth down. Teams are starting to do it, which they should. What's going on? Why is why are NFL teams learning how to football? Sean hmm. Payton did it today, and it got him. Hmm. And it got him. It's very interesting. Hmm. What else? You want to know what a league-wide yeah. trend is? A league-wide trend is Sean McVay winning football games when leading at the half. I heard the stat today. Do you guys hear it nope. on telecast? Nineteen and zero when leading at the half. Now he's twenty in it. How did, how happy did it make you, Robbo, to see Sean Payton today and see him in a loss? It made me happier than uh, my. <laughs> he had that look on his face, the little terse puckering of his lips, like a little dick. <laughs> what is he? Why did he do that? It's just weird. Like I don't. I, I remember I'm Sean Payton ambivalent, but I'm always when he does that. I'm like, what is he doing? What is? Why is that his go-to fitness? I mean, he. They have a. They have a legit gripe about sure. the touchdown. That was standing. They got handled in the second half, and that's why they lost this game. They didn't lose the game because they got seven points taken away. Played after that. That didn't happen at the end of the game, like NRC. You had it. I mean, I get you didn't have Drew there, and you're on the road. Everything's against you. Then they take. I mean, no Rams fan can say that that shouldn't have happened. Uh, They did, but still, you had a lot of football. Stop complaining, Sean. You have you have a Pro Bowl, former Pro Bowl quarterback backing you up. So you know, make you signed him for a reason. You have tons of time, so suck on another lemon. I don't know. He just he always has that that look on what his is face. It, what is this right, candy go to? What is making him pucker? Is it lemon heads? Is it is it sour worms? Is it what do we got? Is it warheads? What's going on there? Uh, I don't know. Like a, a, a tootsie roll, fruit by the foot. I don't think anything that makes him nothing. Nothing. Nothing sour. Nothing sour. It's just a look. It's a Werther's original. 
Yeah, he, he, yep. No, you're right. <laughs> there you go. Um, here's one random one before we get to the end of this. Um, I didn't throw it in there, but uh, just to get you guys off the cuff, we haven't seen much Daryl Henderson. What's going on there? That was, a, that was a third round pick. Um, John. Yeah, Bob. right? Um, what's going on there? Why, why? Why haven't we seen more head? I mean, is, is it the is it the uh, is it words. his pass blocking? What's going on? Two yep. two words. Malcolm Brown. Yeah, he's good. Malcolm's playing good. Well, I I have a I have a little idea on that. It just it kind of comes from the criticism that people are having of McVeigh, how he's too pass heavy, and that was a criticism from last season. And it just feels like he just doesn't really want to do smash mouth, run the ball all the time football. And, you know, you're talking about league-wide trends, and I don't think it is a league-wide trend. That's just this season. But I think I think teams are just passing the ball more. And, I mean, that's not a hot take, but it's it's just it's something that's prevalent. Like, I'm looking at, like, the, the, the rushing stats. And, you know, so Christian McCaffrey in two games ran for 165 yards, which is, you know, for two games, it's fine. But it's fine. Look at you. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. But you know, it's it's not like it's not like Tech Mobile stats or anything sure. like that. And I think with with Daryl Henderson, I I don't even think it's maybe that he's disappointing. It's just that it's kind of like Gerald Everett, where yeah, he's talented, but they have the stable of all these other things that they can use to get a first down. And I don't think right now Daryl Henderson is on the top of the list of, okay, we, we got to get seven yards. We got to get 10 yards. Let's put Daryl in. You know, it's it's just a little bit of supply and demand. And I feel like, I mean, it's not even, I don't think it's belief in golf. I think it's belief in Cooper Cup, Brandon Cooks, and Robert Woods, because these guys are just awesome. And, you know, you haven't really seen a Rams team since the late 90s where they just have this amazing wide receiver core and they got it you know and i think you just lead with that and you don't you don't run the ball you don't use your third running back how upsetting do you think that is the johnny munt coach coach we got a thoroughbred back here let him run around the track (laughs) he did all of us stretching this morning um college football robo before we get to your pain i just want to say Oh man, that was a great El Asico. For those of you who don't know, um, the soccer game played between Barcelona and Real Madrid in La Liga in soccer is referred to as El Clasico. There are other games that are referred to that, but that's the main one. Uh, A couple years back, uh, some SB Nation college football writers deemed the game between Iowa and Iowa State as El Asico because the game was ass. And yet again, how did this game end? With a football bouncing off and Iowa State players upper ass. Sometimes God proves his existence. And we're just all along for the ride. Yeah, Brock Purdy uh, threw for uh, 276 yards with one touchdown. Yeah, but it wasn't but, great. He had he had a bunch of attempts. He wasn't. This wasn't the game where you look at a same for Nate Stanley. Nate Stanley's an NFL prospect for Iowa, and neither of them uh, had the game. Then look back and point to that when they get to the combine next year. Well, and I, I heard some uh, some shade being thrown at Trevor Lawrence that um, he didn't have a good game as well. 
Talk about that, Joe. He struggled. He struggled. I mean, part of the problem is when you set the bar that high as a true freshman, right? Come out guns blazing, throwing for all these yards and win the national championship and play the way he did against Alabama. That sets the bar high. But yeah, he hasn't played terribly well to this point. He's uh, uh, through a couple bad interceptions. He had the one in game one. Uh, he's got five now. I think being more aggressive and trying to feel some things out, I also think it helps them of who they've played thus far. They had Georgia Tech in the opener. They wallop them. Texas A&M's a pretty good team. They had them in the second week, and uh, the defense held them down. Texas A&M had three points until the very end of the game, so it's just not looking pretty yet, but it's early, and they got a horrible schedule, so he's still going to rack up yards. Joe, I got a question. Was there any quarterbacks that threw for five touchdowns with 316 oh, yards? Oh, God. Beating the Montana Grizzlies, thirty-five to three, <laughs> going to two and one. Um, it goes by the name of Justin. Robo, give you a minute. You can get your feelings out because it's bad. Uh, are we talking about the disappointing forty-nine forty-five loss by the Eastern Washington Eagles to the Jacksonville State Gamecocks when they were up? Uh, 17 going into the fourth quarter? Nope. That's not the one you're talking about. That's not the disappointing college football game you meant. Oh, you're talking about yeah. the other one where one team completely nope. shat themselves. Was that disappointing oh. or was that exactly what you expect? To be to be, no, no, to no, be no. fair. No, no, no. To be fair. It's, it's exactly. Yeah. I, I actually thought it would be worse. Okay, that's fair too. We talked about yeah. this. We talked about it. What's, I mean, all you have to do is look at the first possession for Oklahoma in that game. One man... Had 99 yards rushing and scored a touchdown himself. Jalen Hurts, one one possession, wasn't one single run, 99 yards here's, and a touchdown. Here's the bigger issue. Dorian Thompson-Robinson was supposed to be a dual-threat quarterback for UCLA. I get, I get it that he's struggling bad, with all control and he's not the bad. greatest thrower. Dual-threat guys can do that. But you've got to make it up with your feet. Dorian Thompson-Robinson had 14 rushes logged for this game for negative six yards. Bill Plasky wrote a nice column today from the LA Times called, Will Chip Kelly give up on UCLA before it gives up on him? Because there's no way the Bruins are going to fire him, uh, even if he goes 0-5 to start this thing, because they don't want to pay they don't pay his buyout. They just, they're going to sit there and just eat it. Uh, but the thought was, you know, is he just going to you know, throw in the towel and say, screw this, I'm, I'm out, because this, this isn't working. Um, and I'm kind of hoping he does. It's just... I, I said this on Saturday, and my thought on this entire situation is the Jim Mora era is now feeling like it was the Renaissance compared to what I'm watching now. Jim Mora was a terrible football coach for the Bruins. Uh, he had one player who kind of got him through some through some things. When you have a great quarterback, talking about the dual threat, it was Brett Hundley. He's not a good pro quarterback. He was a good college quarterback. Exciting, could take advantage of things. Uh, and he he made Jim Mora's you know, short UCLA career. Won the won the conference a couple of times, right? They won the one year. They went to the they beat USC a number of times. They were fun. Chip Kelly is not doing any of these things. They're not fun. They're miserable. They've got their few fans that they've got right now are really turning on. People are wearing bags to the game. It's just it's it's not going to get any better. You lose and uh, the way you're losing, it's just not getting any better. I got a buddy who's an OU diehard, and he was like, "Hey man, what are you doing? I got I got an extra ticket. Come with me to the game." And I was like, I don't know. No, no. Sorry.
he's just he's too hardcore for me. He's too Oklahoma. So I just was like, I I don't want to sit out and bake like a like a bagel bite out there on that skillet that's the road bowl. How is that your go-to for something that bakes in the sun? <laughs> because if you could have pizza on a bagel, you could have pizza anytime. I'm just baking like something that sits out in the sun for a while, like, I don't know, a bagel I mean, bite. Do you have a better example of something that you would like to cook out in the sun? I mean, I don't, I, 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 there's no food actually that is preferable. Like a jug of, like a jug of sweet tea, yeah. Johnny Munt style. <laughs> I'll tell you what I cook out under the sun is a good apple pie with a slice of cheddar <laughs> cheese on top, straight from Madison, Wisconsin. My that old lady, baby, me ready to go. She puts it on the window seal so she could cool it. But sometimes those hooligans down on Maple Drive, they come by and they steal the apple pie. I say, hey, get your chompers out of here. You guys need to get a job, see? Before you come over in my neighborhood, that's how you turn into an NFL. Follow me, Johnny Munt. <laughs>